Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, hello and welcome to another episode of BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I will be your host today, Joey Dees. Vicky B and BJ are on assignment. If you'd like to get a hold of us, please go to all of our socials. Just type in BJ Shea's Geek Nation, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and the Odyssey app, of course. Odyssey. A-U-D-A-C-Y-Y-Y. Today's going to be a special episode featuring Gareth von Kallenbach from Skewed and Reviewed. We have a lot of things to catch up on and talk about as we have many movie rumors that have been released this week, as well as Summer Game Fest coming up. A lot of good video game trailers coming out. I mean, we've already seen Zelda and some other stuff even released this year. It's been quite the year for video games. But without further ado, let's get with Gareth. With us today is Gareth Von Kallenbach from Skewed and Reviewed. That is SKNR.net. When we last left off, Gareth, we were waiting for the new Spider-Man Into the Multiverse? I can't even remember the name of the movie. Now it's Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse. Thank you. That's what it was. I'm like, no, Multiverse is the Doctor Strange one. Spider-Verse is this animated uh, movie series that we have starring Miles Morales. And I know you got to see it. What did you think of it, Gareth? Well, it's you know, I'll, I'll say this. i huge Spider-Man fan. I was not as big a fan of the last animated film. I know that's sacrilege because everybody loves it. I, I come from two schools. Number one, for me, there is only one Spider-Man, and that's Peter Parker. And I, I, I understand that how the different ones came about and all that, but, it, you know, that was the thing. The other problem was I found the animation style kind of off-putting because it was that herky-jerky stuff. Um, I'd originally seen this, a little bit of this one, like maybe... 10 minutes at CinemaCon, not the last one, the one the year before when it was still uh, just like some of it was in color, some of it was in wireframe. I got to say I like this one a lot more, even though it mixes a lot of animation styles often in the same scene. So there are some moments, like my wife said to me right at the opening, there's a segment with all this music and like the lights and the animation style and all this flashing stuff, and she said... I'm surprised they didn't have to put a warning up telling people, you know, that have problems with strobe effects and stuff. You may want to be careful with this. Uh, that being said, it was quite good. It's about two hours and 20 minutes long. So, you know, be prepared for that. It is the first part because the second one is due next year. Um, it has a good bit of humor to it, but it is very much a character-driven story. And the leads, are supporting cast, everybody is very good in it. It does get fairly dark as it goes along. So if you're thinking you're going to bring your kids and watch the Saturday morning Spider-Man show, you may be surprised. But the great thing about it is there was not only a good story, good characters, really good voice acting. There's a lot of references to past Spider-Man franchises. Uh, there's a lot of like you know great stuff that hardcore people will pick up. Casual fans may like. But what is good is they explain much better about the different Spider-Mans and how they all work and how there are certain events in their life that even though they come from different Earths and different realities, bind them together. And so it was quite good. And, it, of course, they're tracking a $150 million opening, which for a $100 million animated film is quite good. And then that trickled into all this new Spider-Man news that came out shortly after the review embargo lifted. Oh, and what's that? So uh, we, we all know that uh, essentially Sony has the license for Spider-Man. They have a 
deal to do stuff with Marvel Studios, hence where Toby, uh, sorry, uh, Tom Holland and company, Toby Maguire, Andrew Garfield were able to show up in the last film, but still keep it within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now, we talked in the past, there were rumors that uh, Tom had signed a new deal. People had speculated that would be for the Avengers films and future Spider-Man films. And we know there's Craven the Hunter, Madam Web, and all these things coming, as well as new animated films. Well, now we're being told that a live version of Miles Morales is going to make an appearance sooner rather than later, and that a fourth Spider-Man film is definitely in the planning stages. Uh, unfortunately, the writer's strike is essentially holding it up. But, you know, checking the scoreboard, they're not giving up on this. And they also have plans for plenty more animated films. So Sony's going to ride this Spider-Man license for as long as they have it and as long as it keeps making money, which, uh, let's be honest, every single one pretty much has. Yeah, that's awesome news. I mean, Spider-Man's one of my favorite superheroes, and as you said, I was a, a Peter Parker, Tobey Maguire big fan back in the early 2000s. Uh, one of my favorite movies still, and it, it still holds up. I don't know if it's as timely as it would have been back then, but, you know, an enjoyable movie. Uh, can't go wrong with any of the new stuff either, and the fact that they tie all of the old Spider-Mans in together with it, I mean, I loved the last uh, Spider-Man movie with Tom Holland where they brought back all the old actors a lot of great stuff in the future for this franchise oh yeah you guys you will definitely love this one there's there are certain things that i would love to share with people but i have a feeling uh sony legal would not be thrilled especially one in particular <laughs> that brought the house down and if i even give a whiff of mentioning that <laughs> it won't take long <laughs> Well, we'll get away from that to make sure that doesn't happen for you, Gareth. Uh, let's move on to The Thing, and more importantly, The Thing 2. I hear we have the rumors around that. Yeah, you know, this is really interesting because um, you you got to sit here and look at John Carpenter, and th there's a perception in the industry by some that uh, the studios don't want to deal with him. Uh, some people say that when Escape from L.A. bombed, it kind of, shot his last bit of credibility with the major studios. And to me, I think this is kind of harsh because let's be honest, some things hit, some things fail. He has gone on to do some other things, but if you look at it, the last, uh, what, 10, 15 years, he hasn't really done much other than maybe produce or uh, consult, go out on his movie theme tours, that sort of thing. I know he had a hand with uh, doing some of the music and consulting on the uh, Danny McBride uh, recent Halloween trilogy. Now, he goes out, and of course, naturally, whenever he does his interviews, people always bring up his past stuff. And the thing is brought up a lot uh, lately. It's one that even though the uh, prequel, shall we say, didn't go over very well, it's still a viable thing as the original one has gone on. It's continued to, you know, just constantly have uh, a cult following. So what we heard was that Bloomhouse, who does the multiple uh, horror films and such, are supposedly kicking around a new version of The Thing. Now, this is where it gets interesting. As people know, the new one was based on a 1950s um, movie, which itself was based on a short story. And supposedly, uh, about ooh, a few years back, they found a his uh, the estate of the author who wrote the short story found a full novel length script for 
the story. He apparently wrote it out as a full novel, much more stuff, and said, yeah, I'm just going to, you know, for whatever reason, just to get it sold, it was stripped down to a short story. Bloomhouse has apparently optioned it, and they were looking at let's reboot the thing and do a, you know, a new version based on the original script. Well, that's where it gets really interesting. Apparently, the other day, Carpenter was out doing some press rounds, and one of the big questions, and I'm, I'm thinking that by now, after the 80s, we're not in spoiler territory, uh, centers <laughs> around the end of the film, and, you know, which of these characters, were they human, were they both things, was one a thing, whatever. And he was asked about that, and he basically said, I'd love to tell you, but I can't. Oh, interesting. And apparently in the course of it, there was some reference that there might be a sequel in the works. Ah. And that he essentially, it apparently implied, I can't really talk about it because, you know, essentially the studio would have a fit. And that got everyone going, now, is this just John wishful thinking? He has been known to, over the years, mention various projects, and, oh, I'd love to see this happen. And, you know, we, we've been hearing forever about an escape from uh, New York reboot that was going to be done with perhaps Gerard Butler. He had a script for something called escape from earth that he wanted to do. You know, is this just wishful thinking, but they're saying he's always been very willing to talk and what ifs. And the fact that he basically clammed up and said, I can't talk about it when specifically asked about a character made everyone start going, okay, this may not re- be a reboot or if it is, they may reference his film and therefore the fate of these characters. So who knows? I mean, wishful wishful thinking we can hope. I was going to say, yeah, I don't want to read too much into it now, but one thing's for sure. You can be a hype man either way, because that's one way to get a a person talking about your, uh, your IP right there is just to say, well, I can't really tell you what's going to happen to the characters because you know, later down the road, who knows? Well, exactly. And the funny thing about it is it's no secret. He's been asked about this forever. And usually he'll zip along with, oh, well, you know, maybe this, maybe that. And there's, you know, I I have heard so many interesting and clever rumors. Like, you know, one of them was that Kurt Russell's character slipped the other guy a cup full of gasoline. Okay. Because if he was transferred, he wouldn't know what gasoline slash liquor tasted like. So he would just go along with the ruse. And that was his way of testing him. There's all this stuff. And then there's, well, we intentionally left it ambiguous and, But, you know, it's interesting, and I I think it just shows there is demand for it. The problem is, how do you make it profitable? Because I think the studio thought, okay, the first one wasn't a huge hit, but it became a cult hit. Let's go do this prequel. And when that did not hit the way they expected it, I think it was a case of, we know there's interest in the franchise, but how do we find a way to make it a moneymaker? And I, you know, I heard years ago, well, well, let's do a TV series. Let's do this. And who knows? Maybe they're sitting there kicking it around going, this could be a streaming series or a limited series. Who knows? But the fact is, there does appear to be some kind of movement on the franchise, whether it's a reboot or a sequel or perhaps a reboot with elements of a sequel. Yes, only time will tell as we'll have to wait and uh, see what the future holds for The Thing too. Uh, we do have one other movie franchise I have to talk about. We have to talk about, Gareth, because it's, oh, man, I love the Alien franchise. I played the video game when I was a kid. I've seen all the movies, including Prometheus, who people didn't like. I still loved it. I hear we have new Alien film rumors. What are they doing, Gareth? 
Well, this is really interesting because, as you know, there's a film currently filming and there's a TV series about to go into production. And we've been hearing rumors that, you know, the TV series moving forward, more stuff about it. They even released a few more concept arts from it. And then we heard something very interesting about the movie. Now, officially, the working title is Alien Romulus on Alien Day, the director. Uh, it's all very, very tight. Uh, supposedly, it was only going to be put on Hulu like they did with Prey. We've heard rumors that, well, it actually may get a theatrical release as well. Um the only thing they put out was uh, the little clicker board that they used to key in a scene for editing purposes with a face hugger around it. And people started, you know, as they do, going over the set photos with a microscope. And someone said, oh, you know, these terminals look very close to alien isolation and da, 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 da. And then others have said, well, they've said it's not it's not related to the other films. It's a standalone story. It's not a sequel. It's not a prequel. Well, there's this uh, podcast called Perfect Organism, who's apparently been very good about getting details, and they have been kind of the go-to source for this. They're saying that the film apparently takes place between Alien and Aliens. And I go, okay, well, that's a 57-year window when Ripley was floating in space. But that got people all saying, oh, it's Alien Isolation. I'm like, no, they've also said it's an original news story not connected to others other things it's kind of like a standalone alien story but then we're hearing stories of well yeah it's a standalone one and all of this but not only is it taking place between the events of alien and aliens uh the events of the prequel films will also be referenced oh well, that's and you're like okay well that's that sounds to me like a connection that's four movies right there <laughs> yeah and you know, of course, this has got the whole fandom's head blowing up because they're like, okay, someone in the company sent the ship to pick up the uh, the creature based on the signal. Everything went wonky. Um, she drifted in hypersleep for 57 years. Based on her story, they went back. So then it's the old, you know, the, the questions of always, well, who originally sent them? Why didn't they go back and investigate? And all those lore stories that we don't know. And then, of course, the question's going to be, all right, well, how did these creatures get there? And, you know, whatever. And I'm like, all we know is that it was Fade Alvarez who did the reboot of Evil Dead and who's done the Don't Breathe films. Uh, apparently, he just had an idea, and he pitched it. And just on that alone, they got it made. Apparently, Ridley Scott was so thrilled with it, he pitched the idea, didn't hear anything back. And then I guess Scott called him out of the blue about a year ago and said, you still want to do it? And he's like, yeah. And that was it. That's a phone it, call you're going to want to get. Yeah, well, exactly. And it's interesting because the speculation, as you may remember, Neil Blomkamp, who did the District 9, Chappie, and other films like that, he had an outline for a film that was essentially a follow-up to Aliens. And it was going to have Scorny Weaver, Michael Bean back, all of this stuff. He released concept art. Apparently, he was uh, approved just on a pitch. And then it fell apart and never happened. And the belief was, many say that Ridley Scott basically said, nope, I got to make uh, the sequel to Prometheus. And that became the priority versus doing these uh, new films. And so people are like, all right, does this mean that any sequels to Prometheus are dead or this? Is it going to tie in? And then we start hearing rumors that, well, very wild, unconfirmed rumors say there might be a second TV series in the works, which is essentially the follow-up to Alien Covenant and the Prometheus story. And it's just like, wow. 
And then, of course, you have to put this big thumper down. Of course, all of this is speculation due to the writer's strike and possible uh, actors and director's strike. And you're just like, oh, great. But we do know the one is filming for sure. Yeah, and I love any amount of alien movies that they'll release. I don't care where they are. I mean, the Xenomorphs are still one of the freakiest, scariest sci-fi villain aliens, you know, things you can get. And I think right. that as long as they still capture that magic of that fear of space and being stuck with them and maybe in an unknown planet, it'll be fine. And it'll knock it out of the park. And, I mean, if you get a call from really Scott out of the blue to make a movie that you thought was going to be essentially dead after that first initial reaction, I mean, this is great. It is. And remember, this is the funny thing. This is the first one made under Disney. And I, I remember cracking up with all these people saying, oh, Disney's never going to make the Alien franchise. They're never going to make Predator. They won't make R-rated films. They're going to sell these assets off. And I'm like, no, they've made R-rated films in the past just under, you know, different studio things. Don't forget the original Steam, uh, Scream, excuse me, was done when Dimension was under Disney ownership. They didn't pay all that money for Fox to dump their their R-rated franchises. And so it'll be really interesting to see where they go with these things. And now, of course, you know, everyone's saying, well, let's hope they don't PG-13 it. I'm like, well, they didn't PG-13 Prey, so I don't think they're going to PG-13 an alien film. I definitely hope not. It would not have the same effect. Well, I can't wait to find out what happens uh, with those scripts and such. Uh, well, before we get out of here, Gareth, I did want to talk about uh, the Summer Game Fest because it is coming up next week, and we've kind of alluded to it in the past couple uh, recordings. So why don't you give us a little update about what's going on next week at Summer Game Fest? Okay, so Summer Game Fest is going to be happening on the 8th. They're going to be streaming it all over. Um, some people can buy tickets in the L.A. area, sit there and watch it live. And this is a really big deal because the week after we were supposed to have E3 and that didn't happen, uh, we've talked about the reasons. Now, supposedly we've got over 40 companies already committed. Sony did their um, stream event last week, and it kind of got mixed reviews. A lot of people were expecting a lot more big reveals. There was a lot of talk about, well, the stuff they showed is going to be available on other platforms, many of them. We heard stories after the fact that there were several games that were set to be announced that at the last minute were dropped from that. So that's got the speculation running wild of, well, they're listed as a participant in the Summer Game Fest. They have again said they have over 40 companies participating. So what's going to happen is we're going to get a free live stream. We're going to get all kinds of reveals and details. Now, how many of them are going to be AAA games? How many of them are going to be indies? How many of them are going to be new reveals? How many are going to be just um, deeper looks at already announced games. Who knows? That's what's got everybody buzzing. But it is going to kick off a series of events, uh, such as, for example, there'll be an Xbox and a Starfield showcase. There'll be like a future games thing. There's will be one for PC games. And this will be kicking off all the way through the summer, uh, various live streams. And, of course, Ubisoft will do like their forward and that sort of thing. And so this is all going to essentially go till about August. And I'm not, uh, you know, exactly on the timeline. You may have some weeks where you have multiple things, then you may go a few weeks without something. In August, we're going to have Gamescom, which is the big event in Europe. And they, of course, are going to have a showcase to kick it off, done by the same people that do the Summer Game Fest and the Video Game Awards. And we'll get more reveals there. But that's basically what everyone's looking at. You know, we didn't get E3. Um, the story we heard was that 
you know, essentially companies didn't want to take part because they didn't have playable builds ready. The PlayStation showcase was heavy on trailers, but not on a lot of gameplay, which kind of backs up that story. So now all eyes are like, what are we going to see? I know Mortal Kombat 1 is going to be apparently featured very heavily. Uh, We know Diablo 4 is launching next week. We're wondering if there'll be any kind of, uh, you know, events tied in with that. Um, You know, Call of Duty, Star Wars games, there's all kinds of crazy stuff. It's I'll be honest, it, it's been a bit crazy because, as you know, I'm doing that uh, one, a bunch of panels this weekend, and one of them is on upcoming video games and stuff. So I've got all this stuff, but then you're sitting there going, what are they going to drop next week that I don't know about? And you're, like, kicking under things going, what haven't we heard about for a year that we might or what might just out of the blue be announced? And ironically, one of them is the possibility of a, a solo alien game, which I have been told is, rumored to be in production in a mix of resident evil and dead space oh sign me so up now I'm like yeah exactly and it's you know with dark descent coming out in a couple of weeks and you've got this i'm all for it and then somebody said may even have a vr option i'm like perfect let's go <laughs> <laughs> that's one way to get scared uh it's been a yeah. wild year for video games already i mean we've had zelda you mentioned diablo 4 final fantasy 16's coming out I mean, we have a lot of amazing games already out and a bunch more to look forward to. I can't wait to see what comes out of Summer Game Fest. Oh, absolutely. And that's the thing. And, you know, that may just be the tip of the iceberg because there will be things announced. And then, of course, you're always going to have the online community going, well, what about this and what about this and what about that? Those may not be ready to be shown. And then, oh, yeah, there may be something out there massive that we're not hearing about that all of a sudden they're going to drop in August. You know, like, for example, if I had to take a guess, I don't think we'll get anything on the new Call of Duty right here. We may get something on the new Seasons or Warzone, but I think the one in August, yeah, I would expect something on the new Call of Duty then. So it's all about timing. Definitely all about timing, and well, that's what we got right now because we have to wait for these games to come out and to see what's going to be coming out later on this year. Gareth, always great talking with you. Again, go check out Skewed Interview. That is SKNR.net. Gareth, can't wait to hear uh, what comes from Summer Game Fest. Thanks for talking with us. All right. Talk to you soon. bye Thank you again so much, Gareth, for joining us. Always a pleasure to have Gareth on from Skewed and Reviewed. That is SKNR.net. Oh, man, I cannot wait for all of the Alien franchise stuff to come out. Movies, video games, and, of course, more. But we will have to wait till later because we have to get out of here to go run to Summer Game Fest. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. And as always, stay nerdy.